0: You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 10, Soapboxes and Street Clothes. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's
1: super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon.
0: This is the Savage Fincast. Back again, sooner than you think, uh, for another uh, exciting episode Um I am, of course, Jim Purcell.
1: And I'm Craig Olson.
0: I'm Raven Perez. Back again, Mr. Perez.
2: Yes, yeah, always a pleasure. Uh, you know, just as much as I can. As if <laughs> you guys have a shortage, I hope I can jump in there and help out.
1: Raven, we totally we didn't talk about this last episode on episode 9, but um, you have a pretty awesome webcomic. At least I, I think it's pretty damn awesome. Thank you. Uh, can you talk about it to, to the listeners? Let let them know what you do? Because everyone should know about this. Sure, uh, thank you. Uh,
2: it's just basically, you know, I think Savage Dragon fans will probably connect super easy with it just because they're already, they're already reading a book that's kind of the same in terms of the... It's a creator's baby. And basically, this is what I've got going on. Like, uh, you know, if Dragon is... Clearly, what Eric wants to do the rest of his life. These are characters that uh, I'm just making my dream book. And uh, (laughs) before the internet, I would uh, draw these stupid characters just, uh, you know, and show them to siblings. And uh, these are actually super old characters. Like I made them up before kindergarten, but, you know, clearly they've grown with me. The new stuff's pretty raunchy.
1: So. It's amazing. I I really dig your artwork. I mean, what would you say your influences are for art? I mean, it, it's kind of got that manga style in a way. I'm all over the map. Uh I mean, I definitely
2: owe like manga a huge huge nod, but then again, I'm you know, an American comic nerd mm-hmm. just as much. So, I mean, I like a lot of different guys. I've, I've been told by like other, you know, my peers that they can just pick my style apart so i mean but i like otley larson you know i didn't like kirby as much but uh i had a friend say that they see kirby stuff in mine and that's definitely coming through you know savage dragon that has nothing to do with like being a genuine kirby fan so but uh eisner i mean any of these guys anybody that's doing anything cool if you see it you hope as an artist you can learn from it so i wish i had more one guy but uh just anything cartoony, fun. I just like a fun just if the pictures making me laugh and it's fun to draw, that's kind of, you know, who I'm drawing to. So
1: Yeah, there's a it's a lot of humor in it. It's it's pretty damn funny and it's, you know, it seems like it's whatever you want to do, you kind of just do.
2: It's it's that whole independent like comic spirit like uh people are always come at you with you should work for Marvel or DC or and I'm just like, if I ever ended up at those places, you'd know I'd failed. Yeah. They wouldn't let me do this book I'm doing. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's, it definitely has a kind of, um, I guess, a well, it's got a raunchy streak, and it's got a really uh, manic, I guess, feel to it from what I've read. And I guess on a couple levels, like it reminds me, like uh, early Tank Girl or um, cool stuff like that. You know, really indie type stuff. Do we even talk about the title of this or the website? Yeah, I don't think you mentioned that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yeah. It's called RavensDojo.com. I thought that was a super common word when I made up that URL, but apparently not everybody's seen Karate Kid. But uh, D-O-J-O.com, and it's uh, it's just really these characters, and they live in this place, and... They're The two main characters, it's funny, Raven, the titular character as it was, is actually like one of the most minor characters, hmm. but it's actually named after the place where they all live, which happens to be his, his dojo. And uh, the two main characters are actually uh, a complete moron who's super strong and a pervert. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you kind of find out in the comic that maybe these are the two guys that saved everybody, you know? A ton. They're they're actually, you know, former world-famous heroes, but for whatever reason, as you read, you know, it's important that they be unknown. They've been erased from everybody's memory. They pretty much, like, don't exist. And, of course, you know, it's cool because I'm a superhero fan. It's not tights and fights, definitely. But if you like big adventure and fight comics and you like to laugh and you don't mind dirtiness, then I think you're going to like it.
1: Yeah, it seems like you get a ton of hits too. I mean, there's always like a ton of either comments or uh, just like retweets or shares of each strip. I mean, how many how many of these strips have you done now? You have a lot under your belt because this has been going on for a while. I've just cleared
2: four hundred and twenty some pages. Holy crap! Uh, I wish it could be more. You know, when you see, it's funny because you're not supposed to like look at things, but like uh, when you see where other like where professionals are <laughs> I've been doing this the reboot like happened like 5 years ago but uh so that's when I started doing stuff more seriously I said I'm going to do it in color I'm going to do it as often as possible I'm going to really pour you know a lot of effort into the page and make it print worthy mm-hmm. and um yeah the reboot happened like maybe 5 years ago so I'm dying to do way more than I'm doing but uh yeah, 420 some plus pages, and I'm very—I've been very blessed. I have a lot of way more famous than me friends, so
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
2: They've been helping me out with. I, I've been very lucky to be end up a part of famous comic networks like Keen Spot, which a lot of Image Comics made it to. Yeah, oddly enough, I heard Keen so, Spot uh,
0: wasn't that great of a deal when it was still. Is it still a thing? I don't even know what Keen Spot Keen Spot's status currently is.
2: It's funny because KeenSpot was uh, definitely one of the premier uh, – well, it was the comic network. And it kind of still means a lot, but none of the heavy hitters, uh, webcomic-wise, are like KeenSpot comics. And uh, KeenSpot changed up their deal. That's why I left. But there was no bad blood or anything. They just basically – they needed – they are advertising-driven, so they needed to get a tighter rein on their content. So basically, they had to like uh, change up the flow of the deal, and so for a lot of people who were like myself, you know, it was just as attractive to go on and do your own thing. Anyway, so I parted ways, but they're still going, and like I said, they're always doing something weird and interesting. Like I said, like some of the image books, like I feel like um, Avengilan is was drawn by a Keen Spot artist and is now on Keen Spot. And that was an image book, like with Rob Layfield's Extreme Relaunch. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. Those guys have their fingers in a lot of different stuff. So, but I've been very blessed to be you know associated with a lot of super talented people, and I have a lot of fans nowhere near like you know Penny Arcade or PVP or anything. But yeah, we'll, we'll give it time. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna do this as long as I live. So it's cool. I'm excited to have people that. You do something so weird and personal. It's cool to have people excited for it. So awesome. I think I would like Savage Dragon fans to give it a try. I think they'll dig it. Yeah, I think dead. so too.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it was cool when I when I did when when I read it. Yeah. So <laughs> if you
1: like super strong monkeys and perverted dragons and
0: you know the <laughs> usual, <laughs> no,
1: but it, it is fun and and like you said, fans of dragon people that like you know. Long winding tales of you know anything goes and you know whatever you throw at them you know it's it's just for you Uh, and lots of humor and you're not you know you have uh, a tolerance for some perverted stuff but (laughs) just just a little bit. (laughs) Never meet me. I'm like
2: I'm one of the filthiest people probably you'll ever meet. (laughs) But I come by it honestly.
1: No, it is. it, it's cool. It's not like shocking or super dirty or well, I don't know. It, but it's fun. It, it, take it from me. Give it a try. It's it's uh
0: It's one of those comics that's like more suggestive suggestive than it is, you know, you know, in your face, I guess. I mean unless I,
1: never, you, I don't know. Did you see the last one? No, uh, I was, haven't
0: read the list. Maybe <laughs> I'm wrong about that.
1: But no, it's fun. It, it's it's free, it's online. Check it out. It's it's it. issue-based.
2: I think is my like huge, you know, pride and joy is when I started there really weren't a lot of issue-based comics. Like so I'm going for like 32 pages and I might do a part 2 or part 3. But like you really don't have to. Even if you're like looking at this and you're like, "Oh my god, you know, I don't want to read 400 pages of this." You could read issue 1 and 2 and issue like 5 and 6 and it's a little story arc. Just to give you a taste of stuff. Right. Kind of like, so I think for fans of American comics, you know, like I said, that's where I'm coming from. So I hope that you guys enjoy that a lot.
1: Cool. Cool. So that's RavensDojo.com. So R-A-V-E-N-S-D-O-G-O.com. Check it out. J-O. J-O. <laughs> what did I say? G-O? Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. I'm already sending people to the wrong website. <laughs> now i got to hurry
2: up and register that.
1: RavensDojo.com. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> So, uh, Jim, uh, just let's move on and talk about real quick what, uh, what's on our pull pile uh, lately. What have you been reading?
0: Well, currently uh, I'm reading a whole bunch of stuff, but what's really got me excited right now is a little series coming out of Boom Studios called The Hypernaturals. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, it's written by, you might recognize these names, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Um, the reason why you might know them is because they wrote some of the best uh, cosmic comics that DC and uh, Marvel, uh, they did uh, a run on the Legion of superheroes back in the late nineties. And, uh, they did uh, Nova, uh, well, they worked on annihilation and, uh, the Nova spinoff and guardians of the galaxy, which is being turned into a movie in the next couple of years by Marvel based on basically what, uh, Dan Abnett and Lanning, uh, created, um, Hypernatural is just a really cool series it's if you if you read it it's very similar in structure to the Legion of superheroes it's about a far future uh, team of uh, superheroes basically and you know they they you know they protect the uh, you know they protect us space from dangers but it opens up where the latest incarnation of the team has been wiped out and in order to fill the gap they have to pull in all these uh, reservists and rookies and uh, retired members and it just it's got a really good cast and it's got a really good setup. And the only real problem is the art is kind of iffy. It's got some really. It has two artists and one mm-hmm. of them is really good and the other one is just kind of okay. And they kind of switch back and forth within the same issue. I think. I, I don't. I, I, it's kind <laughs> I of. I don't
1: know, like when they do that. It's
0: kind of noticeable, but I'm sure they're doing it for cost reasons or uh, time is- uh, making sure it's done on time issues. I think that's my only real issue with it.
1: Yeah, that always throws me out of a book when like the art changes. I can't. Handle sure does. It.
0: Yeah, actually, there's another series that Boom Studios is putting out that's also really good. It's called uh, Extermination. It's written by uh, Simon Spurrer. Uh huh. It's, it's a actually it's really cool because it's about uh, it's about superheroes, but it's also a post-apocalyptic story. Basically, the world ends, and there's like, and it, yeah, basically there's like some alien invasion that completely wipes out the world that the superheroes fail to stop. And now you've got a Batman character and a Doctor Doom character teaming up to try to survive in this, like, nightmare. That sounds, <laughs> and again, that sounds good. It, it is good. Uh, I think Boom Studios, ever since uh, I think what happened was uh, Mark Waid's, uh, uh, what's it called, um, Irredeemable ended. They've kind of expanded their superhero, quote-unquote, comics just to try to fill mm-hmm. the gap. I think they've done a really good job, especially between Hypernaturals and Extermination
1: cool sounds good that sounds awesome yeah what are they like did those series just start or are they oh now? no yeah they
0: just started um uh hypernaturals first issue was fr- uh issue of free comic book day this year and extermination came out a month later for a dollar first issue cool but they're also regular ongoing they're four dollars an issue so it's another one of the cases of comics getting more expensive
2: hmm yeah Nothing we could do about it at this point, I Not guess. About
0: really. <laughs> all you can do is go 100% digital and wait a month after they come out and save a buck or two. It's about all <laughs> you can do. So, uh, Craig, you were reading anything interesting?
1: Um, a couple of weeks ago, I think last episode we talked about when I went to the Baltimore Comic Con and I was flipping through the dollar bins and – I happened upon almost the entire series of Big Bang comics, which came out of Image around 96 to 2005. So these aren't recent books, but they're fun books. I had a couple of random issues. Um, It's basically an anthology series by Gary Carlson, who, again, uh, we talked about his Megaton comics and him writing and co-creating Vanguard. So he's got a lot of tie-in with eric's characters and uh he's done a lot of work with eric he created big bang comics with a artist uh writer called uh, his name's chris ecker i believe i don't know really much about his background but anyway it's an anthology series it lasted 35 issues at image and it's pretty damn neat it's uh it focuses more on What's that?
0: I'm sorry. I didn't realize it ran 35 issues. For some reason, I thought it was like a series of one-offs and specials.
1: What it is is it's 35 consecutive issues, but each issue is kind of like a different character or a different time or whatever. So it kind of gives you that feeling, kind of like what um, Eric's doing with the, the next issue special.
0: Right. That's kind of yeah. the uh, feel I got from when I, I – I don't, I don't actually own any, but I stumbled across them – Occasionally.
1: yeah it's like an anthology they they don't kind of continue from one issue to the next but you know one issue they'll have the night watchman which is like uh the dick Sprang kind of style batman but it's night watchman kind of looks like batman without the horns they have an ultiman which is like a old action comic superman they have blitz who's like flash um they use uh uh, mighty man eric larson's mighty man as like a captain marvel type guy and they do him in like the cc beck style and uh, they actually reprinted some of those i think it was an issue 50 is that right of uh savage dragon i don't uh...
2: i notice i'm looking at uh, dragonfan.net and you've got that uh, awesome pinup of mighty man from that
1: yeah yeah that that's the style that it looks like a cc beck captain marvel um and they did quite a Few stories with that, which really, really cool. It's like the next best thing to Captain Marvel from CC Beck. Um, They do like a Thunder Girl, kind of like Mary Marvel. They do a Mister U.S., who's like a Jack Kirby, uh, Joe Simon Captain America. They even do like the panels the same way. So like over thirty-five issues, they always like focused on a different character. And sometimes they didn't even just do like Silver and Golden Age. They have a really cool issue, Big Bang Comics number seven is like a Jim Starlin kind of seventies type, uh, cosmic tale with starring a uh, mighty man, which is really, really cool. And it's drawn in that kind of style. So it's just kind of like the best of, you know, the different styles through the ages with these like characters. And they try to give you the feel like, you know, these books have been around and these characters are old, you know?
0: <laughs> so, so it's, it plays uh, it kind of straight. It's a, uh... It, it it isn't like uh, you know, it plays with these dark types, but in a you know in in like the way the air er- from their particular eras, they uh you know they don't like play it mean or anything. It's uh
1: it's so, no, it's not straight on, and they, they they style the pages with like they make it look like old comics or like the one I'm looking at now. I just told you about the Mighty Man one that seems like it's a '70s comic. You know, it's kind of got like the bullpen type sheet in the front. It's, you know, it looks just like kind of like a Jim Stalin art. They have a cool letters page. It's just fun. You know, the, the back page they have, you know, join the Junior Watchmen of America for $3 uh, shipping <laughs> and handling and you get a real mask <laughs> and a secret code, and decode, code decoder. But, you know, it's really neat. It's all like kind of throwback stuff but really fun. Um,
0: in color not- or is it in black and white? Because I think I remember some of the issues I saw were in black and white.
1: Yeah, black and white. Um, Savage Dragon actually – oh, some of color, I think. I think they stopped after, like, issue five.
0: Uh, yeah, I remember Dragon had a couple appearances.
1: Yeah, and Eric Larson actually drew Dragon on one of the covers. So, like, Dragon kind of goes back through time or something like that. Yeah. I haven't gone and read through all of them, but they are a joy just to flip through, and they're real fun. My, You know, I especially like the C.C. Beck style, Captain Marvels.
2: That's a heck and of a, a find,
1: Mighty Man's. Yeah, and especially these—they're—they're they're hard to find. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you might be able to find some here and there on eBay. They weren't super popular, so I—they were a buck a piece. I dropped like—I think I got—you know—I think I'm missing like four or five issues out of the 35 run, 35 issue run. So cost me almost like 30 bucks, but you know what? It was like, I, if I don't, I was like one of those things, like if I don't buy them all now, it's going to be hard to track them all down. So
0: And they were all there. You got every issue.
1: Yeah. yeah I think I'm missing like five issues.
0: Okay. Yeah, still though. It's for a dollar a piece at a con. That's probably a really good deal.
1: Yeah. You know, and I probably most people don't even know what big bang comics are and don't really care and see it in black and white. So <laughs> like I said, I don't know. To me, it was like, Wow, it was like jackpot, you know, when you you go through these dollar bins and you're like just looking for it. Like I didn't really, I had a couple of things I wanted, but uh, I stumbled across this and I was like, I have to buy this now.
2: <laughs> it is cool, yeah. When I ever, whenever I go through there, I, I never find anything good, man. It's like <laughs> they pulled these comics out of their walls, like they were insulating the comic shop with. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you do get some of those. More young blood number ones than you can shake a stick at. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: You know.
0: Yeah, Sleepwalker number
1: six and <laughs> Darkhawk number seven.
2: Violator number one. Yeah. Chromium.
1: Yeah, Chromium edition. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Big Bang. It's fun. Check it out if you can. They do have a website too that has all the covers. I think it's like BigBang.com or just Google it um hopefully you don't get like any porn or anything like that <laughs> uh large woman porn
2: that's big not gang <laughs> yeah, yeah that's okay. true.
1: um yeah so that's it what are you uh reading adam oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you Sorry. i'll tell you
2: what he's reading yeah <laughs> well,
1: please cut that out i'm looking at my uh, agenda <laughs> and it's got adam's name Raven, then what uh, are you reading?
2: Don't ever cheat. You'll make a terrible cheater. I know. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> now uh now I'm uh actually this isn't the newest book uh but you know I've uh I went through a move so I had to tr- you know tell my shop to stop my pools and uh of course I'm you know getting am easing back into things but uh the most recent thing that's just been lighting my world on fire uh I think I tore through it in like 2 days. Which, it's huge, so that's, like, it was a real endeavor, but uh, the comic book history of comics uh, by Fred Van Lint, Ryan Dunlavy, probably not names that, like, super grab your attention. They had previously done, I think the highest profile thing was Action Philosophers, mm-hmm. but uh, they also, from what I, I mean, I look, I'm looking right now, it looks like. You know, the writer's at least done a little bit of Marvel stuff, but nothing super notable, like I see Halo, some Marvel zombies, whatever. But I think that this book is awesome. Um, The writer and artist, uh, it's just a black and white book that does exactly what the title indicates. You've got a comic book that you get to read, and it shines a light on the history of, you know, comics as an American creation. You know, it goes a little bit before that, you know, but... uh, it just talks about everything from like depression era to like the influence of uh, manga. You know, if you had no idea why that stuff matters or even why it is the way it is or why there's, you know, it sheds a lot of light on just things you probably didn't even realize like why there's so little superhero influence in other countries. You know, it's really awesome. Uh, it's researched, it's you're learning, you know, it is history, but at the same time, it's in comic form. It's super easy to read. Yeah. And they take what they're giving you and they make it. It's all these interesting stories. Like uh, there was a, a guy that was just about to leave his strip and he scratched a copyright symbol next to his name on the printing plate. And so when they ran it, because they didn't look on the printing plate, he was the copyright holder suddenly of all this back material. And he became like a millionaire. And it's just saw all these really weird, awesome stories. And uh, the comic book industry is insane. Yeah. And when you, read, when you read this, you really get an idea for, like, uh, the Tales from a Crypt editor who, you know, killed his wife with a, an iron. You know, it was really, it's just like, yeah, it was super ghoulish. And it was just like art imitated. Like, it's the fact that he was a Tales from the Crypt editor. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a million little things like that. When you're reading it, Every time you think, or like, uh, you know, at one point, Will Eisner is pretending to be a studio, so like, he has all these like, fake names, but they're just his name, like they're anagrams, they're all just switched around. It's
1: like six guys, that uh, all him.
2: Yeah, and this other guy gets mad at him and doesn't want to hire Will Eisner, but he's trying to take Will Eisner's talent from his studio. <laughs> So he's making up his aliases trying to contact Will Eisner's aliases. And so you've got, like, you know, fake publishers trying to contact fake artists, you know, because these two guys won't talk to each other. And they do a good job. It's amazing. You will be shocked. And I think anybody who is an American comic reader should read this just because they talk about the bubble burst. There's a bit in there about image.
1: Oh, wow. So it's, like, right up to, like, now, almost
2: it is amazingly up to date. It talks a little bit about like web comics. I mean, it's up to date. It starts in the like the yellow kid, you know, the very first comic character, yeah. and goes all it it gets really current, so it's cool what, it's what's the name good. of it again? The comic book history of comics it is maybe a month or two old. It's by i d w you can get it on Amazon or wherever you get yeah. it from your comic store, but uh yeah, it's worth it. It's a super awesome page runner, or, uh, page turner. You won't be able to put it down, and uh, yeah, I recommend it to anybody.
1: Yeah, that sounds really cool. Awesome. It's good. I have to look look for that. Cool. So, shall we get into some uh, Eric Larson news for this episode? Let's.
2: And uh, I guess we'll the top of the news would be that, uh, and. It shocked everyone, but uh, Supreme 68 will be Eric Larson's last issue. Uh, Apparently, Eric uh, said on Twitter, Twitter. Supreme 68's going to be the last. It'll be an 80-page giant issue, so it's cool. It's oversized. Uh, It's going to have solo stories for Squeak, Sister Supreme, Lion-Headed Supreme, and uh, the original Supreme. And, uh, you know, the cool thing is, is even though he's... uh, you know, jumping off the book sooner than what uh, he wanted. You know, it's clear he's setting this up for... He's setting this up so that there will be a lot of meat for whoever steps in next.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: So uh, it's very awesome. He just basically, you know, stated that he had a million other projects of his own. So he had to get, you know, something had to give. And, of course, Dragon fans, we know we've been waiting a while for this 181, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's bittersweet, right? Right, and I th- I think to be fair too, some of the the 181 uh, weight has been because of his move as well. But I mean, having to do supreme on top, you know, and I know he was doing a lot of the layouts for Corey Hampshire. It's got to eat a lot of his time as well.
2: Yeah, so it was it was cool to see him do other things. Uh, definitely exciting because he is so. You know, committed to Dragon. Sometimes it's you know hard to even think of him doing other stuff. But then you get you know, Supreme was cool. So, yeah, he's got the giant coming. Sixty-eight will be the last. It'll be a little bit you know premature. But then it looks like we're getting like way more content. We're getting, I mean, issues these days are what twenty pages at a lot of places.
0: Yeah. Well, so like- from, from from just what you know, looking at what it says being eighty pages with solo stories, I'm gonna guess that the lead story will probably be something like thirty-two pages, and the rest will be. Uh, backups. Uh, yeah. I wonder if, uh, Corey's going to be drawing the whole thing though. I'm, I'm curious how, no,
1: I I talked to, to Eric about this. I, I talked to Eric in Baltimore when I was in Baltimore about it. And he's, it sounds like he's going to have different guys.
0: Yeah. I assume that was probably going to be backups. the case. That's, uh, probably for the best.
1: Yeah.
2: Harry Carey. If he had to draw 80 pages, like,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And and I think, you know, I don't think it's a secret, but even talking to Eric, it sounds like, uh, you know, it's it's going to be late.
0: <laughs> no, impossible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I,
2: I think for 80 pages, it'll be okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, for,
2: as a swan song, I mean, you can do worse than an 80-page giant. Butcher Baker number eight, I'm looking at you.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, that was a good one.
2: It was nice, but I sure would have liked a little extra for my weight.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's
1: the, one, okay. the one thing you didn't mention um, that I think is, was kind of cool was that um, while this whole thing, when Eric was talking about this on Twitter, Rob Layfield chimed in. Because um, I think someone asked, you know, what's going on with Corey Hampshire. And uh, Rob was like, you know, Corey's great on the book and he wouldn't leave him out of the picture once Eric moved on unless he wanted to move on as well. So again, talking to, to Eric in Baltimore, I was like, you know, what's going to happen after you leave? Has someone been, you know, chosen to take over? And Eric's like, I don't, you know, not that I know of yet. And he's like, I don't, you know, that's if, you know, Supreme even does continue. Cause he's like, you know, it's not like the sales are lighting up the charts. So who knows, you know, what Lightfield's plan is if, you know, yeah, he's going to continue. It's really
0: up to field to decide if he's going to hire someone and keep the book going.
1: Yeah, it sounds like he's happy with Corey though, and, and wants to keep him on if yeah. he wants to stay on. If, it's I mean, gonna... if you've been
2: following uh, Corey, if you've been following Corey on Facebook too, I mean, he does like free sketch Friday and just different drawing constantly. He's just constantly pumping out art, and uh, yeah, he's getting better and better. I mean, he was great anyway, but he's getting yeah. better and better all the time. So yeah, I'd hate to see him move on.
0: Yeah, yeah, his wonder stuff if, is awesome. I wonder if he could write it solo. I don't know. I don't know.
1: He's going to be a heavy hitter, though, So you know, someday soon, I think. In the yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm not sure.
2: Like if I'm you gonna... said. that. Oh, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to keep following Supreme after Eric leaves, though. That's that's the big question mark over the whole thing, because uh, I need to make some cuts, and I'm only eating yeah. it for Eric, and. It really depends on who they get if they if they replace him with someone. Really all those
1: special. extreme, all those extreme books went up a dollar too. They're all three ninety nine. Yeah, now.
0: profit went up a dollar. I got a little annoyed about that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I wonder why. I thought they were all critically acclaimed. I did not expect them to go up in price. I. But we all know critical acclaim doesn't equate sales sometimes. Right.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, critical darling is not nationally not essentially sell success so
1: i mean you look at a lot of those image books and they sell you know between five to six thousand copies it's like you know it's tough
2: oh yeah it's tough
1: out there
0: um there's also a little bit of uh frank fosco news uh he has a new uh comic coming out it's called a gronk um he's apparently the artist he will be um it's current. Wait a minute. It's um, written by a someone named uh, Cortland Brugger. Uh, Gronk is an alien caveman who's just trying to survive on a primordial world filled with bizarre and dangerous creatures. Um, it's currently available, I believe, on print on demand uh, through indieplanet.com. Yeah. I had. I think Craig also had the pleasure of reading an early. Uh, digital copy of it and i have to say it was pretty fun
1: yeah yeah it is it is it's a fun little ride if you're a fan of frank's art i mean his art's fantastic on it um i know talking to frank cortland uh bruger i, I guess that's how you say his last name he's a writer creator i think he's also an artist and he did all the designs for frank so frank's working off his designs but it's it's pretty fun. It, it reminds me of like a kind of like Jack Kirby Devil Dinosaur type tale.
0: Definitely a lot of um, weird creatures. A lot of uh, kind of cartoony, violent action. Yeah, it's fun. I,
2: mean, I like what I'm. I'm looking at the little uh, digital preview here, and uh, yeah, I really, really like the art. I love the designs too.
1: Yeah, it's neat. I, it reminds me of something you would see on like a like a Jim Henson type like. I don't
0: yeah, know. yeah. It kind of reminded like me,
1: Crystal or something.
0: It kind of reminded me of like Usagi Ujimbo or uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, you guys have heard of Gone, uh, the manga. Oh yeah. Yeah, the dinosaur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, I guess. I, I mean. It, yeah. Yeah. That's sort of that's sort of comic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah, like like uh, Hubert's tour or something like that.
1: Yeah. yeah definitely. Frank,
2: definitely. You know. I like to see anytime there's, like, this alien world, like, you know, so little's recognizable as something else. So yeah, and that's cool. what
1: you get with this. Is there's nothing human on this at all. And, and Frank's a great guy. We had him on episode three of the FinCast. He's an all-around nice guy. Uh, like, uh, you know, um, like Jim was saying, uh, Frank was sending us some preview pages to check out and get our opinions on it. He, he's just a uh, – he's an all-around class act, so – um, if you like his work or even if you don't just you know support a, an artist out there who's a, also a fan of savage dragon and, and check it out you know you might you know if, if you if you didn't like the vanguard strip for whatever reason or this is completely different but i think you know his, his art is amazing and i think you'll you'll really enjoy it so give it a shot
2: I know I'll be checking it out. Uh, I, I didn't get in on previews or nothing, so I'll definitely be checking that out.
1: Definitely. So, should we talk about Savage Dragon 181 now?
0: No, we're not going to talk about it. It's just, yeah, we'll skip it. I'll skip it.
1: Yeah, let's just uh, jump straight to
2: the letters page,
0: because there's
2: <laughs> a lot to cover there.
1: <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a new uh, issue of Savage Dragon in our hands.
0: Yeah, it has been a while. It's been like three months or two months or some period of time that I've lost track of, which isn't I was good. Fiending.
2: I was having withdrawal. It was it was bad. It's when it's like the only book you're getting. That mm-hmm. means that you're like going for like three months without really comics.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And supreme so was, supreme only goes so far to filling the hole.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I had cut. I had made some heavy cuts. I was down to like Invincible, Walking Dead, and Savage Dragon, and I guess Supreme 2. But like, uh, yeah, it, it was it was like super skimpy. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh man, you gotta have patience though. It, right. it was worth it. It was a good issue.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I think from our last review, I think Savage Dragon 180. Jim and I were like, man, we were a bit the best. It. Yeah, but I think 181 made up for it. I enjoyed it. And I wonder if a lot of that has to do with it being like 90% focused on the character of Dragon for Maybe,
2: me. <laughs> Are you guys not a fan of the Malcolm book? No,
0: I'm, I'm a huge fan – well, I'm a huge fan of Angel. Uh, I like her as a character and her story arc and all that other good stuff. Uh, Malcolm I like as a character. I like – his purpose and i like what was done with him to make him the lead character um i don't know maybe just annoy that angel isn't the star you can call it savage dragon have angel be the lead character i'm just saying
1: (laughs) she is angel dragon
0: she sure is i uh
1: yeah i mean i just i like the dragon character it's gonna take me i i I do like malcolm but it's gonna take me a while to warm up to, to accept him as the lead and I'm sure it will happen, but it's always great to see, like, like almost like an old friend kind of show back up again, and, and it felt like an old Savage Dragon issue. It and, was it, definitely.
0: And this is the first Dragon-heavy issue since 175. I mean, he's had much more of a, a role since then, uh, but uh, this issue is mostly him, with only, like, I think only, like, two pages, two, three pages uh, set yeah. on Earth with the others
1: yeah and I, I wasn't a fan of the whole invasion story arc that much and i'm glad that we're kind of moving on and this is kind of moving to the next chapter it's it's good it's good stuff
2: i, I was digging invasion i really really uh i like to see you know sort of i guess vanguard's war finally hit earth it was kind of that was the big deal for me mm-hmm. so it, it was cool to see this often talked about thing you know because that's the reason he's even around.
1: Vanguard, so,
2: Vanguard right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. 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 yeah and he's just—he's uh, sort of there, and you know, all of a sudden the war, which is just you know, text for so long, is just a thing that was thrown out there. Oh, by the way, you know, I'm here to keep this war from coming here. Okay, you know, that it's like it's real. You know, you get to see these uh, creatures; they are really badass. You know, I definitely see the the. The criticisms you guys uh, gave last time totally had legs, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, on the counterpoint, I I really found a lot to enjoy about it. I like that this was a good uh, sort of had a lot of good closure to it. Yeah. So I'm cool. I'm ready to move on. It had good pacing. I'm ready for it to be done. So looks like they're moving on.
1: Yeah. What did you guys think of the lack of a title page? I the past, I don't know how many issues now. We've had a title page at the first page.
0: I almost want to say that started back with Savage World, like issue 76. Yeah. I, I want to say that's been the case ever since then. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it just feels like it that ha- was the case.
1: I think it has been.
2: There would even occasionally be multiple title pages within a single issue. Yeah,
0: different
1: chapters, kind of like a
0: issue of Commandy or something. So that almost yeah. means like over 100 issues Yeah, did the title yeah, page so- thing.
2: It was. I don't know. I don't I don't miss them in a way. You know, they call that interior page the second cover. I don't need that.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I honestly after I don't know for a while I've been kind of annoyed by it because it almost feels like it eats up a page of story to have it every issue. And I think when story pages are a premium at only 20 per issue, every page has to count for something. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's cool, but it's not every issue. Cool, I guess.
1: Yeah, I was again at, in Baltimore at the Comic-Con talking to Eric about that and he was like, "Whoa, what do you think about it?" And my answer to him was, "Yeah, it's had its run." I mean, I know he likes to <laughs> change things up and and do different things, so he did it for maybe like 100 issues now and let's go back to the way it was before. And Gavin uh, Higginbotham from the boards and from the FinCast has brought up brought up a good point of he liked it without the, the title pages because, like, when it was collected for the trade, it would just kind of flow right through, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't be broken up by, like, a title page. Right. So I can see it that way, too. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right, too, Jim. Like, it, it, it's – you know, there's more – you get more of a page now. The, the title doesn't take up that top half.
2: Um, and, in fact, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at this digitally – uh, you know, as we go through, and it, it is cool just because the first page. I mean, you open the issue, and bam, you're right into the story. Yeah. So it's cool. I like it. Uh, you know, when you flip it open, and there's a title page. You know, usually the cover has done a decent job to give you a preview of what's coming up, unless it's like dragon floating in space with a torn outfit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I won't miss it. I mean, it's cool. It was cool. I'm glad he did it. Actually, it was neat design-wise, but, eh, you know, it's cool. New stuff.
0: Use my opinion on that. I think it works if every issue is like a standalone story like it used to be in the Silver Age and Golden Age where you'd have the title story and that would be the story, and then next issue you'd have another story. But for a long time now, we've had multi-issue stories, and you don't really need a title page for every installment of a longer-running story. I mean, I think that's just my general opinion on that. Right. That, I, I just think it works a little better without – maybe have it at the start – That have it have it as a way to mark the start of your story arc.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'd be down with that. All right, I want to say something real quick before we get away. You want to talk about this issue belonging to Dragon? The silhouette on the interior page with the credits would appear to be Dragon's instead of Malcolm's.
0: Let me, yeah, you might be right about that. Let me do That's
1: a pretty sharp nose. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't notice that. I'll have to go look through my other issues. Actually,
0: I was just looking at the silhouette, but I was looking at it because if you hold it up to the light, it looks like his head's full of stars, which is kind of
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Sagan.
1: I, uh, yeah, I, you know, this, and the thing with, like, these issues too with like Dragon and the spaceship, the coloring is like so off the wall. Between like, they always do the backgrounds of the spaceship that like real rich red, and uh, they always like I found it odd this issue like, they weren't wearing well, I guess towards the end they were, but they always like the, the Kryllians, or Krillians, or however you say it, they always wear like the funkiest outfits. They're just like they must be colorblind. <laughs> But what did you guys think about like a lot of this issue? Like the first half of this issue with the fight, the backgrounds are just just white. Well, it's totally. Like,
0: I I had a thought about that. Um, I think that's generally consistent with the interiors of the ship from previous. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the first page, you see he's in basically a room that's all red, and I think and that's, that's been always the case. like
1: the color of his like private chambers, I think, or something. It seems right, but like. it's
0: always like a solid co- color for like the top. Uh, for the for the for the ceilings and the floors I think it's most it's more to make a suggestion that the rooms are much larger than you can possibly see yeah I think it's 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 supposed to make things look like huge i think right. um and not claustrophobic because I think that's kind of what it does especially with this second page splash page it really makes it seem like it has no ceiling i guess so it feels like it's a huge arena if you like drew a roof of some kind it would mm-hmm. like feel more claustrophobic
2: I'll agree with that, yeah, as a design choice, yeah, I mean, the solid flat colors, you know, opening it wide up, yeah, definitely uh, creates, I mean, if there was, I mean, what would be there, like you said, like some generic spaceship interior roof, I mean, you know, it doesn't really, it's been done before, so it is kind of a cool thing, like visually, that's kind of how the interior of their ship has always looked, so. It didn't bother me.
0: Because once you get later on to like Earth scenes, they have backgrounds and it kind of creates a, a, a separation between if you're on Earth or if you're in the spaceship. So I I don't I think on one hand, yeah, it's probably an artistic shortcut, but on the other hand, stylistically it's consistent with whatever's come before.
1: Right.
2: And yeah, so it'd be we'll, different if it it would be different if it was like looked one way completely different before in previous issues, and then suddenly there was just no backgrounds, but, like, that's kind of the way it's always been.
0: Like, I, I want to imagine, like, the ceiling is, like, one huge fluorescent light, and you just can't see the detail, and it's, like, far off. I guess that's kind of how I visualize it. Yeah.
2: It's like they're fighting in an Apple store. <laughs> Everything's
1: white, glowing. Bunch of freaky guys with green fins on their head. Geniuses. <laughs> So basically what we get here was the opening scene is, you know, Dragon's race is still all freaked out that they, you know, that Calyptus and all the Tyranian Combine has been massacred by Dragon. Um, Here's a question for you guys. Now, last episode, last issue, Dragon dropped one of those, like, those kind of like gas bombs like Kerr did on Earth. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Right. So, I mean... Calyptus is a big planet. You got to think there are some like uh, vanguards people, like the Clyptians or however you say their names. You you got to think that some of them have survived. Like if if the <laughs> Earth was totally invaded, there's got to be like some areas of the Earth where humans would survive somewhere. You know, whether it's the rainforest or whatever.
0: Well, I think the the planet had been occupied for a long time because if I remember correctly, that vanguard story that basically revealed that his race had been concord was like way back in like 150 or even you know, maybe 125 or something yeah it was a while basically i can i can i you you're right i mean it's a super so if there was story. any hope
1: for for any of those guys like any of that race to be alive basically dragon just killed them <laughs> well
0: it's the thing i don't know if you know i think kerr's devices were tailor made for human biology so theoretically he would have modified them to be tailored to uh uh, that's true. I didn't think about that. So it may not affect Vanguard's people if there were any survivors.
2: I was so. kind of surprised too. I mean, that's an excellent point. It's funny because it kind of shows like a Kur trait carrying over a little
1: bit. Yes. Like it's just an afterthought. Nah.
2: Yeah, like modifying, you know, modifying it to, you know, just pulling out this poison. Like, does he know? Is that a recipe he knows, or <laughs> where'd well, that come he's from? He's
0: emperor. I think he just told somebody do this, and yeah. they did it because he's the boss.
2: They had that bit where he like was shooting. He was just mowing down those guys with the guns that they had. Yeah, and he was sort of like, huh, you know, like those guns were going to be such an awesome thing. The next issue, poison. Yeah, just poison them.
0: Well, Dra- Dragon's always. I- I've made this observation before. I believe that Dragon has always been sort of ruthless in his methods. He's, he's like one. Of the, he's, he gives you a chance, but if you're a danger to others, he'll take you down permanently. He has no qualms about that
1: right yeah i
2: can agree with that
0: and you know he makes the argument in this issue that how dangerous and how genocidal the people he wiped out were so he has no remorse for them
1: yeah and still his uh son krull really isn't going for it so challenges him to a death match which seems a little extreme to me, but I guess maybe that's <laughs> well, their religion. Well,
0: well, that's the thing. Dragon calls him on the bullshit uh, hypocrisy that that entails. Having something like this in your in your uh, way of life that you claim is a pacifistic, peaceful one is just why? What? What? Who thought that was a great idea? Right. I mean, uh, uh, well, that's the whole thing. I mean, let, let's t- let's talk about this. Kroll and Dragon are having a old-fashioned beat down except for the fact that kroll is terrible at everything apparently
1: oh glass jaw kroll yeah i think it's his youth and i mean look at how many villains and how much experience you know dragon's like 50 years old i mean even though he's 50 years old he's not like got the body of a 50 year old human he's still a pretty strong dude he's got a lot of experience fighting, you know, and a lot of near-death experience of getting, like, pummeled by, you know, villains as well. So, I mean, who knows what Krull's done, but he probably doesn't have that much experience seeing how much of a, you know, pacifist his race is. So, I can understand him getting pummeled like that.
0: And I I, I like that, the fact that basically this is a totally one-sided fight. I mean, we've had a couple of quote-unquote dragon versus dragon fights over the last couple of years. And most of the, like, like in particular, uh, Dark Dragon versus Kerr. That was, like, an entire issue fight scene. Whereas this one is just, Dragon just whoops him without barely breaking a sweat. And I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense, considering Dragon's experience and Krull's inexperience and youth and idealism.
2: Right. And the fact that he's probably, you know, like you said... They don't want to go down to any planet with any life. So, whence he really had a chance for any conflict.
0: Right. He's granted, probably not
2: done anything.
0: Granted, Kerr mu- was pretty ruthless and deadly. and He, he must have learned it somewhere. But granted, he may have just been a psychopath and yeah. killed people for fun. And that's where he learned to kill people. <laughs> but anyway, Kroll gets his ass beat. And uh, Dragon, it's kind of timely about this issue. I'm pretty sure that was planned. Dragon gets all up on his uh, soapbox about how things are and how they can be politically and uh, uh, religion-wise. He takes a couple of shots at religion, which, you know, it's in Dragon's character. He has never been uh, wanting to have any truck with uh, organized religion.
2: Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny, you know, him being the chosen one and all. You know, tearing down their religion.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're all kinda, like shocked.
2: It was like you gotta wonder. It's like, uh, I mean, it does appear to be like, do they all have healing factors and incredible aim and these things you see Dragon do, or is that just the chosen one? You I'm know,
0: pr- pretty sure it's implied. It's a genetic trait of chosen ones and his bloodline. Uh, because really, it's just him, Malcolm, and Crawl. Uh, who all share the same blood type. No one el- Everyone else has ordinary human physiques. I guess that's right. supposed to be the telling thing. Granted, they're aliens, so you don't really know if they have any kind of healing factor naturally.
1: Yeah, I wonder if Farrick's ever going to, like, kind of expand on that.
0: I don't know. It's I've just... always kind of got the Im- implication that the ordinary dragons are no better than ordinary humans.
1: Yeah, they might just be, like, the superheroes of, you know... Yeah. The dragon world... <laughs> great grandpa dragon was blasted by some kind of cosmic ray
2: it's just funny if like you imagine like if jesus came back and was like hey guys come on you need to just start thinking yeah. <laughs> democracy well it's interesting you <laughs> say
0: that because more than likely that would be the case if jesus came back is that basically right. saying what the fuck guys
2: yeah <laughs> That's kind of what you get this issue, though, you know. You've, and I think that's maybe a part of, you know, the hypocrisy of Kroll. And you know, he calls Kroll a, a hypocrite. It's funny, too, because he even brings up, he's like, there's a book, and people wrote it a long time ago, and you just live by it. And it's all stuff we really kind of get in this issue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they didn't mention that in the previous issues, right?
0: No. No. Not really. Yeah. Well, well, they've mentioned their their pacifistic ways are a tradition handed down. Well, of course, Dragon in that particular scene is specifically referencing the, the uh, Christian Bible on Earth. He's talking about right. another book that was ri- written a long time ago that people follow blindly, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so he's using it as a, uh example of how uh, blind obedience to a old text can lead to ruin. But, uh, yeah, that's Dragon for you. He tells it how it is, or how he perceives it anyway.
1: Basically uh... – <laughs> They got that panel too. Back they they go back to you know, flash back to Earth and you see like the corpse of all God and then is like God is dead. He just got wasted.
0: <laughs> that, that's pretty funny, especially coming off a of dragon's a uh, little tear there.
1: Yeah. So you know the whole human race has just witnessed you know what they believe to be God, just bombed by a plane and a corpse laying there. So I wonder how that's going to play out. I wonder if. You know, so that's all. God is are the the gods like Hercules and Thor and everyone gonna revolt against the humans for what they did. Is all God just kind of like a combination of a bunch of gods and just like kind of like a spiritual form of them? So is it really a physical being or is it you know just a manifestation? I don't know. I mean, I guess it appears to be a physical being because there's like blood in the water and it's all mutilated.
2: Gods in the book have always been, you know, very, they can be affected in an extremely mortal way, like, uh, Hercules getting his arms ripped off. Yeah. And, you know, so the they Lord are getting getting, his eyes poked out. There you go, you know, but it's, it's kind of like, this seems to me like just the extreme case of this. You would think of all God as kind of, you know, untouchable. Yeah, there he is though. Big bloody sack. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So they kind of flash back to that, and I don't, you know, I wonder what's going to go on with that. And we get another page of uh, Malcolm and Rex talking about the cleanup. So we can see the aftermath of the invasion, and I guess, you know, this has got to be worldwide a, a, a big mess.
0: I find it interesting that Malcolm basically says millions are dead, but it's only, that the attack only lasted for all six hours.
1: Yeah.
2: You gotta, I mean, was there, there? I feel like there was a page to indicate it was a global attack?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, am think, I, yeah, I think it was mentioned somewhere in last issue, or the issue before, that this was happening worldwide.
2: Yeah. Right. And superheroes couldn't stand up to these things, so I could, you could only assume that, like, if they were taking out superheroes, they were probably greasing humans left and right.
1: Oh, yeah. definitely. And we saw that with uh, what's his name, the bully.
2: Oh yeah, Spoon. Rest in peace. <laughs>
1: yep. And uh, we see Overlord kind of flying over the carnage. We see some uh, some of the, Dreadheads, and then yep. we see a Fish Face. Who's finally come to his end.
0: <laughs> Guy with the three eyes.
1: Yeah. And he's been
2: along. I I feel like he's been around a bit.
1: He was in the um the bar scenes of the gang war issues in the twenties. I think he appeared in like around one issue in the forties and one issue, like issue 70 or something like that.
2: Is mole eyes there? Is he a, uh, he seems new.
1: Maybe I don't I, feel like you know, I've seen him attend. I don't know. I, i ever so many characters. I started to look <laughs> on the wiki to see if I could remember. Um, that's on the Savage Dragon wiki and I can't, Remember if I've seen him before. Uh, Gavin Higginbotham will have to fill those in on the forum.
0: Overlord must be getting soft. He didn't just blow him away.
1: It's yeah. pure balls to throw a rocket, Overlord.
0: Yeah, you got to <laughs> pretty much be done with everything to do that.
1: Yeah. Nailed him in the head too, and then runs. The, got the, <laughs> the glowing glove, man. You don't want to see that thing glow. It means you're done. Yeah.
0: Last thing you see. <laughs>
2: But he spared him. I mean, I guess it's funny, with this issue, I mean, I guess he does it all the time. But, like, uh, you know, the little things that happen, you know, they're, they're telling. Mm. Like, for him to not, he didn't finish the job, you know. I mean, the guy's back's to him. He could have just blown a hole in him. Right. Or decapitated him. You know, the guy gets away. It's kind of not a very overlordy kind of thing.
1: And it's not, your, I don't think it's your typical Overlord, you know? It'll be interesting to find out who it is, but I get the feeling, like, you know, maybe you gave this guy a break, he's seen enough carnage for a day, you know? It's like...
0: I am hoping beyond hope we finally get the unre- uh, the revealing of Overlord next issue.
1: I mean, you, you see just <laughs> just what he says in the first couple of panels. He's like, nothing but death and destruction as far as the eye can see. The aliens are gone, but at what a price, you know? So he's like...
0: Wait, who is he talking to?
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's talking to himself. And it's a voice
2: monologue.
0: That seems like something that could have been a thought bubble. Mm.
2: Is he? Do you think? Do you think maybe with the like taking away of the titles, the title pages, and like you said, this would have made a fine thought balloon. You think maybe he's trying to push more towards sort of old school? You know, you know he what? had those rules and then he broke them
0: all. Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, this page, this book, this issue has, I want to say, two, three splash pages, and they're yep. all full bleeds. Yeah. I think he's finally done with the uh, the uh, panels for splash pages as well. So I could totally see him getting rid of thought balloons completely.
1: Yeah, I think he just does what he wants. I mean... Yeah,
0: whatever. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be <laughs> yeah. back next issue as far as we know. Yeah, yeah
1: they could be back. I don't know. I, I have... He's been so random that you know I, I'm not gonna say that he's done. And I'm to not that.
0: gonna complain.
1: But um, I like this. I like I like the way this, the layouts of these panels are in this issue. Maybe it has something to do with that's how the first you know 75 issues were.
2: Well, definitely, I'll second that. You know, I, I like. I loved Savage World for what it was, or whatever. But uh, it's it's cool. It's cool to see some of the old conventions come back.
0: Definitely
2: full bleed. I mean, you know, it looks great. <laughs>
0: it does. It just I don't know. I, I think I mentioned another one that just full bleed just makes things bigger, I guess. And I I prefer that personally.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the next page. I like the dumpy dragon characters, like well, the. the, the
0: that that's my that that's why my assumption that they're just like ordinary people with fins on their head. I mean, you got the guy with the fat face, the freckle face.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like the Jimmy Olsen dragon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a guy that looks kind of like Beavis.
1: <laughs> he kind of does, doesn't he? <laughs> a little bit, you know, he's yeah, hideous. He does,
0: doesn't he? He's got the kind of the I, eyes. I want Eric
1: to draw like a short stout dragon. Like a fatty. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: got to think. I mean, you know, they're, he's out there.
1: It'll be cool to see. I mean, you know, it's
2: funny. It's like they've got a place where they live now. And he knows where it is. And, you know, space travel's not out of the question. You know, it'll be cool to see these people. Will they pop up? You know, did he, some, did he get Lorella pregnant? You know, I don't know. It'd be cool to see where it goes. It's a great addition to... You know, the toolbox, you know, different things he can do, places he can take it.
1: Or is he going to go back and they're going to be gone? Yeah. Yeah, mystery.
2: He also indicated, I think at some point, that, you know, there could still be, I don't know, I don't know the name of the race that, like, I, it feels so dumb. I just read that entire alien invasion arc and I couldn't tell you what the name of the race was.
0: The Terranus? Terranian?
2: Tyr- Terranian Combine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of was thrown out there that they might still be, you know, a few poking around.
0: Well, yeah, I mean they they were if I understand correctly, they were like a multi-planet empire. I mean, they only wiped them out on one planet.
1: Right. Yeah, and saved Earth. That's the, they didn't get them all, I don't think. Um we get that funny little scene in this uh this issue where Malcolm confronts Angel about uh her request <laughs>
2: <laughs> you'd have to ask too. you'd want to know
1: <laughs> yeah and basically it's just like she's beyond embarrassed uh, like
2: i was being a stand-up guy before but i mean you know now that everything's cool <laughs>
1: And so you wonder how that's – what that's going to do to their relationship, if that's going to drive them apart or what. Yeah,
0: I'm, 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 that's probably something I'm most interested in and is where their relationship is going to go from here. It, it's just gotten it, – it, it, it's already a complicated relationship, being siblings and all and with different you know biological parents and whatnot and their dad being dead. But you got to wonder what Dragon – well, I guess I won't spoil the fact that two pages later, Dragon is coming back to Earth whoops
2: you
1: bastard
0: yeah so hey. yeah yeah i'm I'm, seriously curious i i know uh before the invasion started uh angel had been talking to frank jr about going uh abroad to europe with him
1: I oh yeah forget about may,
0: that if this may accelerate their plans to get the hell yeah. out of dodge get some space we'll see
1: i forgot about that
2: doesn't Malcolm still have his girlfriend though?
0: Uh,
1: you haven't seen her for a while, and no, he she broke to... up
0: with him. That's right. She got freaked out yeah. because he 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 burned that guy's face off.
2: That's right.
1: What was that guy with the American mullet guy? What was his name? Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, Warren, was Warren. Warren. Terror. Terror. Yeah, that's
0: right. He burned his. Yeah, he blew his head up, and it uh, freaked out his girlfriend.
1: So and this this issue kind of took me by surprise because you know dragon beats crawl then says you know we got to set up an election then wins the election and then is like all right i won but now i'm out of here like <laughs> like you guys see how this election stuff works now work it out among yourselves you know I don't really belong here see ya that's Democracy. Kind of, that's
0: that's, dra- that's dragging for you. Throw a monkey wrench into everything and just yeah. Go with your gut.
1: I mean, he finally found his race of people and you know helping him out. I guess you know he he is a father of you know Angel and Malcolm, so
0: yeah, he's got responsibilities at home. I mean, he can't. I mean, he he helped him out as best he can and tried to teach him a few things along the way. And but they got to fly on their own.
1: Still weird. You would think he would help them like set up shop.
0: I think, I don't know, I think Dragon is, you know, smarter than that. He knows that he's actually, him being around is actually probably a worse influence than him not being around, because they're always going to see him as the chosen one leader, because that's what their, you know, scripture tells them to do. So now that he bails on them, it, like, forces them to rely upon themselves.
2: Right. Yeah, it feels like the election thing was basically to let you know that as long as he was around, you know, they they probably wouldn't move on.
1: Yeah, they would just follow anything he says.
2: Right. So, like, for him to actually leave, you know, and kind of, you know, abandon him, it is kind of like, well, now you gotta move on.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, because, you know, Dark Lord's kind of lingering behind, and you're never quite comfortable with Dark Lord. You don't know what his motives are. He's, you know... He's helped Dragon multiple times. He's also, you know...
0: Killed Dragon at least yeah. two, three times. You still don't know if, you know, his motives
1: are pure or what what's going on. Um, he's he's just, usually self-serving, I mean, you know? Yeah, he freaks well, me out as a Well, guy. that's
0: the thing. You say self-serving, but I almost get the impression that everything he's ever done is actually for the quote-unquote greater good. He's kind of like Dragon in a lot of respects, is that he'll do anything to whatever his alt- altruistic goals are, he'll do anything to achieve them. Yeah. yeah. Kill anyone, destroy any world, whatever, as long as whatever he's doing eventually leads to whatever his outcome, his desired outcome is. And I think we're supposed to get the impression that his desired outcome is some form of you know stability and peace, not necessarily with him as a ruler. I, at least that's the impression I've always got.
1: He's it's always like that, hanging in the shadows kind right. of. Right.
0: And his, his, it's just that his methods are just so extreme yeah it's just that he's that's what makes him the villain and like you said because he's always in the shadows and he's so dangerous you never get the you, you always get the feeling that there's always something sinister behind what he's doing and anything you know can happen with him yeah. he's like unpredictable
1: he, this this version I guess it's the teen version. Of uh, yeah, hoodie, Lord. he always has his like jeans, sneakers, and hoodie, and I, I, it cracks me up because it's like, you know, how long have they been out in space? Dragons kind of got his space clothes. Everyone's got space clothes, and Dark Lord just sticks with his hoodie and jeans and sneakers.
2: It's hilariously inappropriate. <laughs> Even the, especially like again, you know, just jumping in a little bit, but the splash page of him flying through space just in street clothes. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work. I don't know. It's funny. It works.
0: See, I love it. See, that's one of the main <laughs> things I love about Dragon as a character is that he doesn't wear a quote unquote costume is that he basically fights in whatever he's wearing. And I yeah. think that's kind of a theme that runs through a lot of Savage Dragon is you don't always have time to put on special clothing when things are happening. So in this case, we have Overlord flying in space in a hoodie. <laughs> it is and funny think... to see.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, you, that, that's all I was about to say. It's say. Just, just it, saying it is
2: funny to see Dragon in a costume and Overlord just in street clothes.
1: Yeah. Total
0: role reversal. It is.
1: Oh, what did you guys think of that last page? What's your feeling of what's going on there? Full bleed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, before we jump to that, can I just say, I thought the I'm 50 was
1: a bit of a bombshell. That's true, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't even skip over that. That is...
2: Oh, uh, it was subtle because you don't think that, but even for him to say the words that he was past his prime when the series started, it's kind of cool because it like shows you like you know what's what's the future hold for Malcolm,
1: right? You See,
0: know, I what don't kind
2: know.
0: Of, I think it's kind of weird just for him to say he was quote unquote past his prime because he's an. It's now been established he's an alien. He has his physiology isn't the same as a human. So who's to say their prime isn't twenty years later?
1: Yeah, maybe not, he doesn't know what his prime is. He's just basing yeah. it on human.
0: That's that's my thought of the matter. I mean, and the but fact that, of the matter is he's you know he's super strong, he's superhuman. he's got a healing factor. I highly doubt he's going to be lagging behind <laughs> for the next 100 years, let alone uh, now that he's 50. I mean, it could, 200
1: it, prunes. It could work both ways for Malcolm because he's half human, so he could end up being weaker than Dragon. That's true. Or he might not be in his prime yet and be stronger than Dragon. It'd be cool if he was stronger than Dragon ever was. Yeah. And have those little lightning powers, too, on top of that.
0: Well, that might be That's the great so- equalizer. He might, Maybe he's physically weaker than Dragon, but the lightning powers compensate.
1: Yeah, who knows?
0: But I don't know.
2: oh, sorry. <laughs> I
1: had to jump back to it. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just saying, how did you guys interpret that last page? Because I, I interpreted it one way at first, and Boy. then when I was reading the boards, like it made me think another way.
0: How did, how did you interpret it first?
1: At first, I just thought it was like Dark Lord flying ahead of the ship, China, like guiding the way. Yeah. And Dragon just being like, great, now he's got no one to talk to. But then on the boards, people were like, well, it's him just kind of escaping off the ship, going back to the planet or something. And just leaving Dragon alone.
0: Yeah, I think I interpreted I interpreted it as um, Dark Lord abandoning Dragon. Um, now that I look at it again, it does seem like he's flying ahead of the ship. So my assumption is he's headed to Earth first.
2: That's how I felt. I didn't get any kind of intent off of it. It didn't seem sinister, like uh-oh. It just was like, well, he's abandoned, but clearly he's trying to get to Earth first. That's how I felt.
1: Yeah, I just thought maybe Dragon was saying great because he's got no one to talk to, and and Dark Lord's just kind of flying in front of him. But I don't know. I, I correct me if I'm wrong. It sounded like some people on the boards were saying like he's kind of just ditched Dragon, and
2: uh. it's evident that the way Dragon's talking to him, he's a lot more, you know, chill with like this Overlord. Like you know, when he first sees him, he's like trying to choke him, right. and everybody's like, "No, don't do it. He saved you." And now, like, here at the end of this issue, he's like, well, let's go, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, kind of like talking to, you know, somebody he at least can tolerate.
0: Maybe Dark Lord's just annoyed with uh, Dragon's uh, constant uh, stream of sarcasm, talking about uh, that he pack <laughs> his toothbrush, uh, stuff like that, because that sounds like a trip with Dragon would involve a lot of that sort of rhetorical uh, ribbing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wise crackery. Wise
0: crackery, exactly. <laughs> I hear Dunderhead one more time
1: <laughs> you milksop <laughs> and so that that ends uh, the main part of the story I, uh, I enjoyed it
2: I want to browbeat everyone and even say you know disappointed myself I'm in the camp of people who felt sad when they saw that letters page
1: Oh my yeah. the letters page completely blank. Yeah.
0: eaten by the crisis know. the crisis wall <laughs>
1: that's it <laughs> when i when i talked to eric he said the funny thing is you know 179 didn't have any letters but 180 did Ah, uh, that's good to know yeah and then he said he's definitely got letters now
0: that's yeah. cool Log, that's
1: good well
0: he showed us the future you see we're all ebenezer scrooge we've all learned our lesson
1: yeah <laughs> exactly he showed well, now us we're our tombstone I didn't think about it, but next time I go to con convention, I'm gonna have him do a sketch on this page.
0: Well, Don't what, you actually, think? That's my first thought. Is
1: perfect sketch page.
2: Mine too. I was like, this would be the bomb page to get whatever drawn on it.
1: Yeah. I was telling him too that you know he's never done a Savage Dragon like uh, variant that was just like a sketch dragon, which would be cool. Just to have. I like those. Yeah, one of those like a blank cover with just the logo. Yeah. Be, and
0: then I don't know, I think those are kind of gimmicky. I don't know. I don't know I mean, there's a reason I mean I get I get why you'd want one to have a custom cover yeah. I, just, I don't know it's not something I would buy, but that's just me,
1: yeah, but if you were at like a convention like because he always does like free head sketches, it would be awesome to have one true if if you've seen those
2: decked out they they are awesome when they're when they have something on them it funny. is cheap to just have it be blank, but like when they're decked out, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. The funny the funniest things are when you see like, you know, Avengers vs X Men ones or something in that vein and then there's like Savage Dragon's face in the middle of it.
2: <laughs> the inappropriate sketch. Yeah. Fear itself, and it's like Aunt May. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, let's uh talk about Vanguard real quick. It's um well, it's been a while since we read Vanguard, too. i got to remember what happened last issue. Um, picks up where last issue left off. I believe last issue, uh, Wally blew up the ship and him along with it. Right. And so Vanguard's having a little bit of trouble dealing with that. He, uh, I think he... he um, the, other, uh, the other Calyptus uh, military guy is eager to get back home. To salvage what he can, but Vanguard is uh, not in no hurry to leave.
1: Yeah, it's Baracus and Thram are the Calyptons, so Baracus is.
0: Kinda... Well, there you go. There's two survivors right there, so. Yeah. Just gotta find a Calyptus woman, and they're all set.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess they're going down to Earth to refuel or something, or get get some food or whatever, and they're gonna travel back.
0: Yeah, they've repurposed one of the uh, Tyrrhenian ships to uh, replace the satellite they lost, as their way of getting home.
1: And it kind of brings up the question of what's you know Vanguard gonna do with you know Roxanne still staying on Earth,
0: who's apparently uh, because she has first-hand knowledge of what happened up in orbit, is becoming like world famous. Right. So she's not going anywhere. So what's Vanguard up gonna gonna do? Um, but as they fly the ship into the atmosphere to refuel or whatever, they get the attention of none other than Aetherian,
2: dun dun dun,
0: who uh, I believe we haven't actually seen him since the uh, the backup story that ran way back in uh, what does this footnote say? 145 through 149,
2: 159. That's what I see.
0: Because uh, he 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 didn't appear in the first Vanguard story, right? It was uh trying to think. Although he may have had a, like a one-panel appearance. But that may have been the Savage Dragon story.
2: I feel like this is his first real appearance here.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking that may be the case. This may be his first mate, uh, return appearance. But basically he's reacting to the fact that they're flying a Terranian ship into his airspace. And he uh, he wants to uh, stick it to him real good. So he's <laughs> up there tearing the ship apart. And then he attempts to punch uh, – what's his name? Um –
1: I can't remember his name either. It's, uh, it's a short name. Big muscle-bound guy that's <laughs> traveling with Vanguard's crew. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. Um,
0: right. Ethereum's impressed that he can take a punch to the head. And the big guy is impressed because he could feel it.
1: Right. <laughs> and he recognizes Vanguard. Vanguard kind of stops him. And... uh everything simmers down and they go back to Aetherian's little uh, powerhouse which is kind of like his ca- Castle Grayskull I guess where uh, the source of his power is it, it was all, it, the whole stor- backstory of Aetherian is in uh, you know those that Savage Dragon back up 145 to 159 so we don't have to go through it all here but it is kind of funny. It seems like Gary Carlson is just trying to like tie in all of the characters that were in Vanguard's universe together in this, you know, in this backup.
0: Yeah, he's he's really brought everything together. At least just to get a nod that it all exists in the same general world.
1: Yeah, which kind of freaks me out. Is you know, is he kind? Of, are we seeing the chapter close on Vanguard? And <laughs> you know, is is this like the last hurrah? And he's gonna go back into space because he doesn't he's not needed out here anymore or what
0: right i don't know it's like it's one of those big question marks that really makes you excited to see what happens next whether or not uh he'll stay you know just to be around or he'll go and have his next uh, adventure whether or not we see it or not right
2: it's cool i I like i don't know i I did get that feeling of closure too and Uh, It is cool to see, you know, like I said, stuff like that progress.
1: Yeah, and to get, like, an end of a tale, if that is so. That's what I
2: always say when there's stories that matter, finger quotes. I mean, these are creator-owned characters, so, you know, anything could happen and it could be final. (laughs)
1: Right.
0: So, so theory Drops the Bombshell that there was a survivor from the uh, ship explosion... And, of course, Vanguard is getting his hopes up that Wally found a way to teleport off at the last second. Um, gets taken into Powerhouse, and the big reveal is that it's Modem, not Wally.
1: And she's all messed up. She's, like, in shock or something. So. Yeah,
0: she – heads got scrambled or something. I'm trying to remember if she was hooked up to something when the ship exploded. I think she was – she was.
1: Yeah. I can't remember last issue. it's that was like five years ago, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's all a haze of fighting. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see if Wally really did survive or not. I mean, it's hard for me to think of Vanguard comic without Wally in it.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, Van, you know, Modem's body is uh, not really Modem's body, so could be Wally in there. You never know.
0: Right. So- theory i've heard is that maybe wally is in her body or something it's definitely to be
2: to be sexy yeah not i don't know (laughs) they were buddies they wally didn't have a gender right but they were kind of like bros him and vanguard yeah you don't want your bro to get a sex change like that
1: (laughs) yeah so that's uh that's vanguard and a little more than a nutshell
0: Another good installment, moves things along. I think we got, what, two more, or is next issue the final?
1: I think there's two more.
0: Two more. That's right, he got push, He got extended for another two.
1: Yeah, it's going to be sad when that series is over.
0: Yeah, I really hope it gets collected. I think it would be a really good time to collect a, it'd be, it'd be a... A nice trade collection would include the Vanguard, Ethereum one-shot, Ethereum, and Vanguard, just to put it all together. Yeah. Yep. All the... All the, all the Frank Fosco drawn. I was
2: Vanguard. flipping through back issues and saw like Savage Dilbert.
0: Yeah,
2: collected oh, S- and,
0: Savage Dragonbert. Yeah, I've got that
2: Dragonbert. <laughs>
0: that's actually really cool. hilarious.
2: It's just cool. Like sometimes the backups get collected, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: that's one of my, that's one of the nicer collections too because it's just it's got everything and it's just so kind of cool just to have it all in one place.
1: Yeah, they collected that Mighty Man serial by Mark Engler. And that yeah, was,
0: that was a good one too.
1: And it was like collected into like a, you know, a thicker comic style. It wasn't even like a trade.
0: Yeah, I was kind of disappointed at the time that it wasn't square bound. Uh, I think I can live with it now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, great uh, great
0: issue, good episode.
1: I was so, pleased. I had a lot of fun talking to you guys about it.
0: So uh, what do you think, Raven? You enjoy uh, doing this?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I I can't praise that book enough. I mean, really, there's just one of the few books on the market that really cares about being awesome monthly. I mean, you know, a lot of books are told for the trade. So there's always something, there's always backups and extras, and uh it's It's awesome anytime I get to talk to other you know savage dragon fans. it's awesome, and hopefully people will hear it. I know I'm gonna be pimping and promoting I try to anyway uh but uh I'll be trying to promote maybe me being here will get some people to listen to like my stupid voice but they <laughs> they they like to they like to hear me you know talk I'm normally just words on a screen, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and pimp it really is a book like I have a buddy that like another comic artist that's like busts my chops and he's like oh you're the number one fan and i'm like no nah, man that's gavin yeah like, you don't know nothing i'm not i was like but i was like there's a reason you should be reading this book right so <laughs> it's always it's cool it's good to help promote you know what i think is pretty much the best book you know printed
1: definitely yep cool
0: well certainly good to have you on board and i hope to have you on again because
1: uh, yeah like thanks for having me So, next episode, we're looking at either probably covering the Savage Dragon 182. Who knows when that will come out, hopefully more regularly. I
0: think we've said that every episode. Yeah. You saw
2: the tweet. You saw the tweet that says, 184 is getting worked on, quote, shit's getting done.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Good sign.
2: Things are getting done. That's awesome.
1: So for the 182 solicitation, it says, you know, Overlord triumphant, Overlord is back, and it's up to Malcolm and Dragon, Malcolm, Dragon, and Angel to bring him in. Are they up for the task? The answer will shock you. And the cover, you know, we've we've all seen, is Overlord grabbing Angel kind of by the hair, and just like swatting Malcolm out of the way. So it looks like we're gonna see another showdown with Overlord and maybe get his identity. Who knows?
2: Please let that mask come off.
0: Yeah. Uh, My theory has been stewing for about four years now. (laughs) Got to see if I was right.
1: And then um, we have Supreme 67, which is the next Supreme issue, and the second to last of Eric's run. And that's uh, solicited as Supreme Madness. From the pages of Invincible comes the most requested Supreme opponent of all time. Enter Omni-Man. Supreme is out of control. Suprema is at death's door, and Ethan Crane is in a bad way. Can even Omni-Man hope to save the day? And that's where we see the cover of Omni-Man squaring off against uh, Supreme, which should be pretty cool.
2: That yeah. is going to be a Born burner. It's going to be awesome.
1: <laughs> and I think this is the issue where, well, the rest of these issues, where Corey Hampshire actually is taking over all of the oh. art. Whereas in the other issues he was, you know, drawing over the layouts.
0: Right. I'm curious if that's changed now that they've uh, changed the uh, what's going to happen with uh, the final issue.
1: Yeah. On a on a side note too, and I'll shut up after this. Talking to Eric at Baltimore, I was asking him about that, and he said that Eric did plot out a lot of those pages, and he gave them to Corey, and Corey didn't end up using his layouts. I mean, he he ended up laying out a lot of the pages, not plotting. He plotted and laid it out, but he gave Corey a lot of the layouts, and Corey didn't use it. So part of the reason why he wasn't doing the layouts anymore is that Corey was just doing it himself. So Uh he's got all these layouts that weren't used, and he was saying he might end up incorporating it into the Savage Dragon book.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, so that might be cool. We might see, like, a Supreme versus Savage Dragon, you know.
2: I, You know, that was my, can I just be selfish and say, when I heard Supreme was ending prematurely, that was probably like why my heartstrings tug the most. Because I was just like, I knew it was coming. If the book ran a full year, you knew Dragon was going to be popping up in that book, too. Right. So I was looking forward to that. So hopefully we'll get to see something like that. I
0: don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've rambled on forever, so uh, I think we should uh, (laughs) wrap this up. Um, This has been the Savage Fincast. Hope to hear this. Hope you uh, join us again next time.
1: So long.
2: Thanks a lot.
0: The Savage Fincast is a part of the Gutter Trash Network and the Image Addiction family of podcasts. and can be found at either fincast.guttertrash.net or imageaddiction.net.